millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to audio long reads from the New Statesman, the best of our reported features and essays read aloud. In this episode... Has your AI therapist got your back? Written by Jenny Kleeman and read by me, Zoe Grunewald. The link to read the article online is in the show notes. On a Friday evening in late May, Sharon Maxwell was in her bathtub in San Diego talking to Tessa, the chatbot installed by the US National Eating Disorders Association, NIDA, after it decided to close its staffed helpline. I'm an AI chatbot here to support you, chirped the software. My role is to provide support and guidance to individuals who are struggling with eating disorders. I can provide resources on coping mechanisms, healthy eating habits, and recommend seeking professional help. Maxwell, a mental health advocate and activist who spent 18 years living with anorexia and is now in recovery, was surprised Tessa had mentioned healthy eating habits in only its second set of messages. What are your tips? She replied. The bot listed foods Maxwell should avoid. Processed, high sugar, and ones to focus on. Whole grains, lean protein. It may also be helpful to track your calorie intake and make sure you are consuming fewer calories than you are burning, Tessa later said, adding that Maxwell could use an online calculator or wear a fitness tracker. In order to lose one to two pounds per week, you would need to create a calorie deficit of 500 to 1,000 calories per day, it informed her. The Niederbot turned out to be full of weight loss advice. That was just the start. Tessa advised Maxwell to weigh herself every week at the same time of day and to measure herself with measuring tape. If you are interested in assessing your body composition, there are various methods available, including using skinfold calipers, the bot said, adding that Maxwell could buy them online or at sports stores. This was worse than terrible advice for someone with a history of eating disorders. It was potentially life-threatening, as Maxwell told me on a video call from California. If I had been in the throes of my eating disorder, I would have clung to any tidbit Tessa could have given me that would allow me to stay in denial. The intentional pursuit of weight loss is the antithesis of eating disorder recovery. When Maxwell shared Tessa's advice on Instagram, a number of people got in touch with screenshots of worrying messages the chatbot had sent them. Someone had contacted Tessa saying they wanted to kill themselves. Tessa's bland response was, It's great to hear you're doing well. We just want to make sure you're safe, Maxwell told me. There are real people who have been harmed. We only know the tip of the iceberg, she said. 
The day after Maxwell's post, Nida conceded that Tessa may have been given information that was harmful and took the bot down. CAS, the San Francisco-based company behind Tessa that develops bots to address anxiety, depression, eating disorders and to be used in disaster relief, did not respond to requests for interview. Its website still bills the bot as the leading AI mental health assistant and suggests that some support is better than none. As we become used to having AI assistants help us write emails, essays, music and computer code, some people have also been tuning into them to solve emotional problems. Some of the world's biggest social media platforms have launched chatbots powered by generative AI. Snapchat introduced its My AI feature in February, an involving conversational bot for young users, alongside the caveat that responses may include biased, incorrect, harmful or misleading content. After several flawed attempts, Mark Zuckerberg launched a range of generative AI chatbots on Meta in September. These act as in-character coaches and advisors. Previous iterations, similarly trained on public Facebook posts, had shared racist opinions and misinformation and criticised Meta. While these new bots do not claim to act as therapists, people have started to use open source models such as ChatGPT for mental health support. In March, a Belgian man was reported to have killed himself after being encouraged to end his life by a chatbot on an app called Chai, another generative AI. Yet an increasing number of developers are creating chatbots designed to address mental health issues. Gifted with cheerful, punning names such as Wobot, Weiser and Uper, these promise to combine the intelligence and believability we expect from AI with established talking therapies. A surge in demand, spurred in part by the pandemic as well as the promotion of therapy by figures ranging from Prince Harry to Simone Biles, has coincided with a funding crisis in mental health care prompting a rush of venture capital investment into AI technologies. A 2021 study published in The Lancet estimated that, globally, the pandemic caused an additional 76 million cases of anxiety disorder and 53 million of major depressive disorder. A survey conducted by the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy the same year found that 71% of its members had seen an increase in demand post-pandemic. Data published in 2022 by the Royal College of Psychiatrists showed 23% of NHS patients had to wait more than 12 weeks to start treatment. In the absence of support, more than three quarters ended up seeking help from emergency services. As well as damaging our mental health, lockdowns changed our expectations of how it might be treated. By the start of 2021, the American Psychological Association estimated that there were up to 20,000 mental health-related self-help apps to choose from. One in three treatments in England is now delivered virtually with self-guided online cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT, exercises replacing in-person appointments. Subtly, AI chatbots have entered a space that was once the inner sanctum of patients and their therapists. They are already used by NHS trusts, employee assistant programmes within blue-chip companies, and as a benefit offered by private health insurers. Tessa was a high-profile example of what happens when things go wrong. But what if the engineers managed to get it right? The Wiser chatbot, or My 4AM Friend on the app, has a cute, fat penguin as its avatar. My hope is that with me in your pocket, you'll never feel alone in any of your struggles, it introduces itself. 
start a chat and it will begin by asking how your day is going. You slide up and down on a smiley face to give answers on a continuum from as good as it gets to don't even ask. Wiser says its chatbot will respond to the emotions users express using evidence-based CBT, dialectic behavioural therapy, meditation, breathing, yoga, motivational interviewing and other micro-actions. In 18 months, Wiser has secured contracts across NHS England with 12 adult services and five children and young people services, according to Ross O'Brien, Wiser's UK Managing Director. When he spoke to me from his home in Hove, he combined a calm authority with nerdy enthusiasm. Wiser is the portal to the NHS for users, he explained. They use it to fill in the necessary forms and then get instant 24-7 access to self-help modules and an AI chatbot that will talk to them at any time. O'Brien said the chatbot will get to know you, your family, your friends, your pets, your dislikes and likes. We've got 6 million people on the platform globally and everyone has their own bespoke experience. My own experience was somewhat more pedestrian, talking to Wiser. There was plenty of, I hear you, tell me more. And how does talking about that make you feel? But little in the way of meaningful connection. Before Wiser, O'Brien worked for the NHS as an innovation director. He established the mental health trauma support service that responded to the 2017 Grenfell Tower fire, which used virtual reality to engage an initially hesitant local community. People came up, tried virtual reality for the first time, and then would say, why are you here? When we said, we're from the NHS, we're here to support the local community, it was such an incredible change. People opened up to us about some of their biggest fears, the changes in the behaviour of their kids, loss of loved ones, loss of housing, O'Brien said. Wherever there's any kind of huge change or disaster, like the pandemic, there's an opportunity to work in a different way. O'Brien left the NHS after he became frustrated with the lack of resources necessary to create innovative health tech. Since then, he said, we've achieved the work I was trying to achieve tenfold. The tagline on Wiser's website, mental health that meets people where they are, completely anonymous, no stigma, no limits, implies that an on-demand chatbot might be better than a human therapist. Is it? If you're enjoying this episode, you might like to listen to more. All our audio long reads are available on their own feed. Search audio long reads in your podcast app or follow the link in the episode notes. For the text version of this article and all our long reads, you can subscribe for just £1 a week at the website newstatesman.com forward slash podcast offer. The link is in the episode description. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We've got the stats to show that people have the same experience or prefer to have the experience with the chatbot because they know it is an algorithm, a piece of code, O'Brien said. He invoked the priest's confession booth. 
you're able to be more open because you can't see that person, their responses, whether they're judging you. The therapeutic alliance, where the patient trusts the therapist and they understand that they can be open, happens a lot faster with the chatbot. O'Brien claimed the chatbot is more successful at encouraging people to engage with the CBT because it sends a daily reminder. It uses the data it collects to tailor advice to your life. For example, it will remember the name of your dog, ask when you last walked her and recommend that you take her out a number of times a week if you're feeling depressed. Wiser knows you intimately, he added. This statement made me pause. The data Wiser gathers is the most sensitive imaginable, often shared by vulnerable people. When I asked O'Brien how he can be sure the systems are robust enough to keep this information confidential, he listed the data protection and privacy standards the app adheres to, including guidelines from the NHS and the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency. There are also safeguards built into the system, he said, so that if a user were to tell the chatbot their name, address or date of birth, it will detect that this is patient-identifiable data and it will auto-delete. Wiser's privacy policy says it retains anonymised data for research purposes. There is a fine line between treatment and self-help. Whenever O'Brien referred to Wiser's users as patients in our conversation, he hastily corrected himself. We are not treating people yet, he said. It's important to differentiate because we are not licensed to treat people. In time, he believes, Wiser will be approved by regulators and its users would become patients. We want to develop the world's first AI treatment platform, but we're way off that. It would require taking on all of the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence protocols and building a safe environment. Nobody is near that yet. O'Brien is aware of the horror stories, including Tessa. Wiser is different, he insists, because it runs on closed loop rather than generative AI. The clinical conversations are pre-scripted, auditable and trackable. This means that chats with the Wiser bot can feel, dare I say it, robotic. I quickly tired of the same stock phrases. But it makes it less likely that the chatbot will go rogue, like Tessa, which began life as a psychologist-developed, pre-scripted model before Cass introduced elements of generative AI. In California, Sharon Maxwell argued that AI was no substitute for a real therapist. A chatbot, no matter how wonderfully programmed, is not going to be able to understand human struggles and the nuances that exist within mental health. O'Brien agreed that Wiser was not equipped to deal with eating disorders. The AI isn't sophisticated enough. If and when we move into therapy, it will be at a very low level of complexity and suicidal risk, he said. At the moment, if a Wiser user expresses self-harm or suicidal intent the chatbot stops and gives them contact details for crisis lines. But he thinks the time will come when a therapy chatbot will replace a human therapist and pointed me to Pi, a new personal assistant generative AI from Inflection, the startup run by Google DeepMind's co-founder, Mustafa Suleiman. Chatting to Pi feels like a real conversation. Unlike ChatGPT, the bot responds naturally, asks relevant questions and offers workable solutions just like a smart, engaged human companion. The effect feels both normal and unsettling. There are challenges to such technology being applied to mental health. Developers need to address the way generative AI bulldozes over GDPR data protection rules. I think in the future, when the algorithm and the data that it's using is stronger, 
and we've worked through all of the risk, we could get to a position where an AI could be a therapist for all mental health, O'Brien said. We will get to a state where there is your friendly AI that keeps you happy and well, irrespective of how unwell you might have been. In 2018, Sarif Tekin, an associate professor at the State University of New York, who specialises in the philosophy of psychiatry, was targeted by Facebook adverts for the mental health ally chatbot, Wobot. I just laughed, she said. I didn't anticipate that it was going to explode during the pandemic. Tekin has since become concerned about the combination of a vulnerable user base and the unaccountable nature of most startups. Through a variety of means, including referring to their clients as users instead of patients, they are able to avoid the oversight and scrutiny that clinicians face. She told me about Karim, a mental health bot given to Syrian refugees in Lebanon. Tekin is Turkish and has volunteered in Syrian refugee camps. The idea of giving Arab-speaking kids this chatbot to address their mental health concerns felt so inhumane. Those people are in humanitarian crisis, and the minimum that I think the world can give them is attention, not chatbots, she said. Kareem was produced by X2 AI, which has since renamed itself CAS, the same company that made the Tessa chatbot. My worry is that this technology, driven by for-profit companies, is driving the medical research, as opposed to medical researchers getting funding for the kinds of work they want to do to benefit patients. Instead of breaking down barriers, Tekin fears chatbots will create a two-tier system where the poor will get the lesser, more affordable option. And, instead of removing the stigma, Tekin argued, apps can reinforce it by making it secretive between you and a machine. Therapy becomes something you do when you are alone with your phone, like watching pornography. It doesn't destigmatize it, it hides it, she said. As for the idea of a 4am friend, always there when you need it, Tekken argued this may not be in the user's best interests. One aspect of growth is realising that other people will not always be available to you. Therapy should be about strengthening agency. Plus, she said, the bot is not really there at all. People go to therapy because they were abused or mistreated. They need to reform their relationships and trust human beings again. With a human therapist, patients feel that they are being seen, acknowledged and supported, she explained. The companionship of a chatbot is an illusion. Tekin instead saw a role for AI as the therapist's secretary, remembering a user's history and putting people in touch with the right clinical care quickly. Beyond that, in her view, it is a fad to be added to trends in the history of psychiatry from electric shock treatments to lobotomy to Prozac. The overattachment to one solution has always harmed us. I see AI like that. I think it's going to be here for a while, but we need to be more pluralistic, she said. The one-size-fits-all support offered by chatbots takes a narrow view of the human psyche, one that is rational and linguistic, Tekken said. Patients are assumed to be clusters of behaviour who will easily engage a response to a linguistic command, as opposed to complex mechanisms that are physical, affective, social and with situated rationalities, she explained. Such assumptions are the product of contemporary approaches to mental disorders, she argued, and ignore the complexity of the self. In regular psychotherapy settings, the therapist tunes into the patient's affective states and meets the patient where they are. They do not just utter a bunch of words. Sometimes silence, or the pauses within conversations, allows the patient to better connect with their own mental states, she said. Jose Hamilton, a psychiatrist turned startup CEO, created the mental health app Yupa after feeling that he was failing his more than 3,000 patients. 
He spoke to me on a video call from San Francisco, where he moved in 2017 from Brazil to found the company. Dressed in a navy crew neck rather than the white doctor's coat he sports on the Youper website, Hamilton outlined the flaws of his former profession. The field of mental health care, of psychology, psychiatry and therapy, is failing patients, he said. The traditional model of offering care was beset by barriers, the biggest of which were stigma and cost. Even where treatment is free at the point of delivery, it's very hard to get an appointment. There are not enough therapists. If you are lucky enough to find one, and Hamilton recommends a practitioner who offers CBT, the gold standard of mental health care, most people drop out before completing the course. It's a lot of hassle and commitment. You need to invest time and mental energy. It wasn't made to fit our lives, he says. Hamilton's solution is microtherapy sessions. Quick conversations whenever you need it. No need for a one-hour session and no need to wait. Those small chats compound to reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety. Yupa, he said, is designed for the modern attention span and our desire to multitask. I can talk to Yupa on the subway, in the supermarket. This is the way to have engagement and compete with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Yupa users answer screening questions for issues including depression, anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Hamilton said the AI is programmed with hundreds of therapies aside from CBT and will then deliver the most effective one. He has seen the investment booms in AI startups firsthand. Yupa is backed by Goodwater Capital, one of the largest funds in the Bay Area, and the app now has 2.5 million users. When you're backed by investors, there's always this pressure to grow. But safety and science must come before growth and profits, Hamilton said, adding that he works closely with his chief technology officer to ensure the algorithm is designed with best clinical practice in mind. If your focus is just AI, you've been missing 90% of the challenge. This, he suggested, may be why other AI chatbots have been giving such poor advice. This is 90% mental health care and 10% AI. That's why I am the CEO. Hamilton told me he had been astonished by some of his chatbot's insights. The conversations I've had with Yupa have been mind-blowing, helping me understand things I wasn't able to by myself. It would be hard for a therapist to get to that level, he told me. But, like Tekin, he believed it would not replace human therapy. Ultimately, this will be part of the toolkit. The app will have a better memory and library of techniques, he said, but a therapist will be more skilled at crafting a successful therapeutic relationship. Hamilton says it's important to remember what is real. Yupa is not your friend or your therapist. It's always pushing users to build meaningful connections with other human beings. He paused. I have a daughter now. She's two. Do I want to create a product that will steal my daughter from her friends or her family? No, but I want a product that will make that relationship stronger, better. When I spoke to Tekin, she told me that these secure human relationships with friends, family and therapists are among the best predictors of good mental health. Even among veterans with severe PTSD, those who have a good support system when they return from service are less likely to develop addiction issues. We know what works, she said. But what works is not as profitable. AI might be able to simulate empathy, but it is human connection that gives meaning to our experiences and makes the therapeutic difference something that is much harder to monetize than an app. You've been listening to audio long reads from The New Statesman, written by Jenny Kleeman and read by me, Zoe Grunewald. The commissioning editor was Melissa Deans and the producer was Catherine Hughes. Audio long reads will be back next Saturday. Have a great week. Hold up. 
Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Trust in politics is broken. So can we get UK politics working again? That was the last time we were happy. 2012. I'm Beth Rigby, Sky's political editor. Join me every week with Labour's Jess Phillips and Conservative peer Ruth Davidson for some electoral dysfunction. This idea of nuance has completely left politics. Together we'll focus on the policies that could deliver political satisfaction. Follow electoral dysfunction wherever you get your podcasts.